We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Tuesday, January 15th. Miami Heat Beat is hosting another watch party poolside at Duffy's in North Miami. Come out and watch with us as the Miami Heat take on the Milwaukee Bucks at 8 p.m. There's going to be games, drink specials, and you'll even have a chance to win Heat Beat's newly released Justice Better t-shirt. Plus, someday... You'll be able to tell your grandkids that you were there when Five Reasons finally broke their watch party curse. Okay, fine. I'm not making any promises, but we're 0-8 right now when this f***ing losing streak's gotta end at some point, right? So come on down and hang out with some of your favorite Heat Beat personalities, as well as other members of Five Reasons Sports. That's Tuesday, January 15th. Poolside at Duffy's, 3969 Northeast 163rd Street, North Miami Beach. Tip-off is at 8 p.m. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heapy Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Carlo Navas. And with me today, we have our producer and co-founder, Mr. Brian Goins. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Don't steal my catchphrase. Uh, we have our statistician and pun master, Dekaius Duncan. Hello. And that's it. We're just running a three-man lineup today. Also, don't forget that tomorrow, or today rather, because this is dropping tonight. So if you're listening to this today, Tuesday, January 15th, Tonight, we are going to Duffy's in North Miami to watch Heat Bucks at 8 p.m. Duffy's in North Miami. Check that out. We're going to give away prizes, our new Justice Better t-shirts. If you want one and you're not in Miami, you can order it online. Uh, check us out on Twitter at MIHeapy for the link. Um, but check us out for that and come to the watch party. Last time was a lot of fun. A lot of Heat Twitter came out. I know a lot of Heat Twitter guys are coming out uh, for the game t- 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 tonight, tomorrow, whatever the hell. January 15th. I'm uh, discombobulated. But come out, have the party. We're going to give away shirts. We're going to give away drinks. We're going to give away a signed Justice Winslow picture. So we got lots of stuff to give away to you. Alex is going to be there. Alpha's going to be there. I'm going to be there. Ethan's going to be there. The rest of five reasons. Heat Twitter. Uh, they give us a little space poolside at the Duffy's. Uh, they have a huge-ass projector with speakers. It's a lot of fun. Uh, so come out, support, enjoy the time with the show. And the Heat, we're going to break the curse. We're going to break the five reasons watch party curse. And the Heat own the Bucks. We're Giannis's daddies. So check us out, watch us, and uh, come out. It's just us today. We got a nice uh, stat-heavy 
and analysis. Oh, I can't even speak. Wow, way to way to start. Happy Monday, everybody. <laughs> three of their last four overall, and three of the last four at home. Sorry to interrupt you, cut off. We're gonna some stats. I miss Coach, man. Let me tell you, like the game. Karate is doing a fine job. Karate is Karate is next man up. He's filling the role. It's not the same. There was a back tap the other day. Dwayne Wade uh, tied up Shelvin Mack in the Memphis Grizzlies game, and there was a back tap, and I had no one to tell me where Dwayne was going to back tap to. <laughs> it's the little things that make Coach who he is. I mean, I love it. It's like, yeah, do I? I know where the back tap needs to go. Yeah, of course, but I, I still, I still like it to explain it. Can you explain it for us in your very limited fake Tony's voice? I don't want to. I haven't done that impression in a long just time. Just try it one more time. It's okay. No, yeah, just do it. The last spot, if it doesn't work, we can always edit it out. Coach, this has been a great celebration, Eric. You know, this has been one of the greatest seasons. Nikias, why is Dwayne Wade winning a jump ball against Shelvin Mack? Shelvin Mack should be ashamed of himself. Hey, man, Sheldon doesn't have the hops. Dwayne doesn't either, but, I mean, I guess <laughs> Dwayne just has the bit of know-how. And, um... Savviness. Yeah, there it is. He he saves his jumping for when he really needs it. Why is Gianni such a Ben Simmons right now? I'm being such a Ben Simmons <laughs> right now. You know, Save I it. I think the Ben Simmons experience is really funny when obviously, you know, he's a you know, he's he's on a superstar trajectory. Like I don't wanna I don't wanna get that like I know exactly, you know, who he is and everything, but you know, the memes are funny. However, I do think it's funny that he fans now are making fun of him for like not for like missing jump shots when you know we were just defending justice relentlessly for like what feels like half a decade. And that's just fandom, right? I mean, you cheer for your guy, you laugh at others. But I don't know. This is where I kind of get annoyed somewhat with memes. And maybe it's just me taking myself too seriously. Because like the jokes are funny and I partake in the Ben Simmons jokes. But then we get a topic on the timeline. It's like, hey, would you trade justice for Ben Simmons? They're like, no, because Ben doesn't shoot. And I'm just like, what are what are we doing? That that oh. one to me was funny because I think that was um that was a Zach Lowe piece that dropped, right? That yeah. was from a Zach Lowe uh Zach Lowe fake trade proposal. Uh and Miami obviously would jump at that opportunity. But yeah, you're right. I mean Memes are funny, but but fandom, fandom's weird. Um, fan, like, especially Heat fans. I think Heat fans, as, I guess the newer generation of Heat fans post-Big 3 are a little different. I think maybe old Big 3 is more like transaction, like trade for the superstar, and then the newer ones have been kind of asset hoarders, if you will. Yeah, I can feel that. Like, yeah, so... So looking at, you know, now that we bring that up and the memes and everything, and you know, we talk about Devin Booker a lot, Nick, it's like now that justice is playing this kind of basketball, if I asked to tell you right now, you have to take either Devin Booker or justice right now for the next five years. For the next five? The next I mean, five. I, you're starting a franchise. While I love justice a lot. Oh no. Nick, is like, you still need a primary initiator. And, like, Justice is that, but he's not a guy that can anchor a top five offense potentially. Like, Devin Booker is that kind of a talent if Phoenix wasn't a dumpster fire around him. I can't believe As an organization. Like, he's not James Harden, but Booker is kind of on that. I feel like he has that Harden-type leap just because of the leap he made as a passer last year, and he's continued that this year. Um, The game has slowed down for him a lot. He already has the jumper. He can – get a shot whenever he wants to. But the fact that he's seeing the game with pretty mad teammates and an offense that still doesn't have much organization um, is, is hard not to get excited about what he can be in an actual offense. That's such a trash take. You have to I mean, uh, I, mean I should have picked justice, but I mean, that's just my serious take on that. I have yeah, something I better for you guys. What? Yeah. You need to f- learn the game. Yeah. Nikias. Wow. Same from you know what? I'll take that. That's fine. Yeah, Just as gotta, better. You gotta there. You go. Have the guts. Yeah. Have the culture. Have inject that into your veins as Justice has. I love that Haslam quote from the other day, and he was like, he's hoping that Justice is that guy that passes down the culture. Did you guys see that? I did. I feel like I do think that Justice is that kind of guy. Like he has that kind he of has a edge. He has yeah. edge now. The Philly series is where it all. I mean, that's B-A-N. where it started. B A N. There it is. Yeah. Called Ben Simmons a band, and it's been only popping since then. How many people do you think called Ben Simmons a coward in game? 
probably not many, but I wish they would. Like they all shoot when he shoots free throws. <laughs> Just so start funny. a coward chant. Like Garnett yelling cow. <laughs> oh, KG would yell so much worse. Juwan oh. Howard. By the way, I I was at heat practice today. Juwan and Bam are the same size, which made me like I was like, Juwan was that tall? Yeah, man. Juwan was a beast when he could actually play. I saw, I saw down on beast. He was really good. I mean, like he had a hundred million dollar contract on the table in his prime. You know, I think of Juwan Howard as a trailblazer more than anything. Is that weird? Uh, I mean, I get it. I mean, I feel like Jawan Howard isn't the most memorable player, even though he was good when he played. So, I mean, I guess. I feel the same way about Zach Randall. Do you think of him as a – I think – well, I know. I have to think of him as a Grizzly. And kind of as a Nick. Randall as a Nick was hilarious. I Because he's like the encap- – well, actually, the encapsulation of the Knicks is Enos Cantor being out for two games because he ate so many burgers. He was only on the Trailblazers for one year, Howard? That felt like longer. Really? I'm remembering Juwan Howard as a as it was a one year. Oh, he was on Houston for three, Dallas for one, Denver for one, Charlotte with one. He played a lot of them. Then the last three seasons was Miami. Have you guys seen that picture of Shaq and they literally made the rainbow with all the colors of his jerseys? Yes. That's amazing. That's Juwan. Juwan, Juwan was on that trajectory. Um so yeah, I was at I was at heat practice today and yeah, Bam Bam being Juwan sizes was was a sight. Let me tell you, I was kind of caught me by surprise. Uh, Wade and Justice practicing together in the back that made me happy. It's, is he che- Is Dwayne teaching Justice the pump fake? Dwayne was honestly just taking flat-footed jump shots, like inside the little uh, semicircle, like right under the free throw line, and Justice was kind of watching him. And I was like, "What? It, I go, shouldn't Justice be like shooting or something?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was funny. Um, DJJ putting out some shots. Look good, by the way. Shooting with both hands, left and right. Oh, okay. He's like he told uh, he told Coach Dan Craig, "He's like I'm gonna switch hands," and he did, and he buried it right from the corner. I mean, he's shooting well from three lately. So I know. If, uh, so I, that's actually like a sight to see. Um, JJ not so encouraging. JJ was missing a lot of shots today. It was actually funny. So the Heat they were doing a drill with um with Anthony Carter, Dion, and JJ. By the way, last two guys. Left on the practice court, Hassan, uh, Hassan, uh, Dion, and, and JJ. So they're doing these drills with Anthony Carter, and they basically have to shoot, make five consecutive threes from each spot on the on the three point line. So like they'll go around to like the the uh, the, the corner, the break, up top, you know, blah blah. blah. And uh, the way it works is that they each have they have to consecutively make them. So if like Dion makes it and JJ misses, they have to start over again. And when they finally got to the end, Dion was like on fire and he kept burying every single three and poor JJ couldn't buy a basket. And they, he looked so frustrated. I felt bad. I've never felt bad for Dion. I felt bad for Dion. I mean, Dion could use as much time on the court as possible just to <laughs> get the conditioning where it needs to be. But I mean, yeah, I remember it being argued down that because JJ shot like 35% from three or whatever during the 30-11 stretch, that he was going to become a knockdown shooter. Yeah. And I'm just like, we have almost a decade's worth of sample that he's not a shooter. We were wrong. Yeah, it's, it happens. We I will wrong. say JJ's getting to the basket with a lot more ferocity, so I enjoy that. Who did he dunk on? He just dunked on someone like a couple of games ago. Oh, I thought you were going to tell me because actually what, what bothered me was Kyrie. That, It was Kyrie? Mm-hmm. There we go. Yeah, because I was in the car listening to that Celtic game. Uh, I was driving back from school, have a late class, and I was really pissed because that first half sounded awesome on the radio. It's like, oh, a dunk again from Jet. You know, and I'm like, man, this sounds so fun. Like, I wish I could watch it. I don't want to hear Mike Inglis and Ruth Riley, you know, describe it to me. I want to see it. Hey, man, power of YouTube and Twitter. You just got to catch up on your own time. I, I actually didn't see the vine of the JJ. The, the Kyrie dunk, which I was sad about. Oh, it was nasty. But he's playing well. And I guess one of the things about the team that I want to focus on is the Heat, going into the season, one of my biggest complaints with their roster construction wasn't just that they had too many guards, but they had too many small guards. So you have a team that's paying Goran a lot of money, that's paying Dion a lot of money, that's paying Tyler a lot of money, that, that has Dwayne Wade that's in the rotation, 
And then you're playing Justice Winslow at the four, which he's a little undersized for that. You have to play Josh Richardson at the three, which he's a little undersized for that. And they don't, you know, they don't really have like a, a true four either. You're playing James Johnson. He was hurt, right? He fills that position nicely, but everyone else on the floor, like was undersized for their position. So what I've really liked about this stretch of good basketball that they've played is it's not just that justice is playing point guard and like old point justice is amazing, which he is, but it's the fact that their, their number, their power forward and their small forward are now their shooting guard and their point guard. Mm-hmm. And their backcourt has gotten so much bigger and that's allowed a guy like DJJ to play three for Kelly and JJ to, you know, maybe they're still a little undersized at center at times. But, I mean, Kelly, Kelly has always been an adequate center in BAM as well. And Hassan is obviously big when he's in. So, like, that, that move to put them in the backcourt has really allowed everyone else to fill their positions a lot better. And suddenly they're not a small team. They have length, athleticism, and it really popped out to me at the Memphis game, like how long they were with BAM and with J- the kids, BAM, Jay Rich, uh, and DJJ, and even Kelly. Oh yeah, that's exactly what it is. Having that much size and athleticism, it really, um, it really improves their defense, and that really stands out when they go to the zone. When you, when it's so predicated on um, not switching but rotating and kind of putting pressure on the ball, those passing lanes close quickly. So once you think the corner is there, you try to make the pass. There's Derrick Jones Jr. picking something off. Or if you try to penetrate middle, you have Justice on your hip. You have Jay Rich digging in, swiping at the ball. And if you somehow make it past both of them, do you have Bam behind you? So, I mean, it's just tough for offenses to deal with. And on the other end, with that much size, even if they miss a shot, you have Derrick Jones Jr. crashing the glass. Bam is active on the offensive glass. Even Justice, when he's down there, he made, you know, he kind of made his mark as a rookie, kind of flying all over the place. Ended up playing, obviously played center against Toronto in game seven or whatever. But, I mean, he was one of the best rebounders in position as a rookie. So, I, I certainly appreciate the fact that Miami's finally getting a little bit bigger. I mean, like when you have your point guard that can be down there in gang rebound and when he gets a rebound and he can push, that changes your offense in a way that this, I mean, we think we all know that Goran is a more polished offensive player than justice and Goran is a great scorer and he can get to the basket. He can do all these things. He can shoot the ball. Like we're not, I, I don't want it to get mis, misconstrued that we don't think Goron can help. I just think that the fact that they have size and when their point guard, their point guard can actively go get a rebound and start pushing and you create mismatches on the floor with that. And that's huge. That that's like, that's been so, and Miami is a team that has some limited offense. They're not, you know what I mean? They're not golden state. I know they shoot a lot of threes and stuff, but you know, Mm -hmm. they don't have the personnel to be last year's rockets or or the warriors or even the Lakers from this year or anything like that. They're, they have limitations. And I think justice being able to push off the rebounds allows them to kind of mask some of that. Right. And then when those advantages are there, it also plays into what they want to do to defensive end because justice has no issue with slowing things down to a crawl. And with Miami not having the kind of explosive shooting they need to kind of turn a game to a trap meet, they can slow games down to a halt. And then even if they're missed, they have guys getting back. They can limit possessions, and that just puts them in a better position to succeed. But in that Celtic game, they were running up and down the floor. So, like, it, it can go both ways. Like, when they're getting – like, and I think something that you mentioned about the zone, which I agree with, is how they can kind of play those passing lanes with their length. And somebody like Dwayne loves playing passing lanes over-aggressively. Mm-hmm. And when teams have that in the back of their mind, they're more prone to mistakes. Dwayne's getting, Dwayne's forcing turnovers. Other guys are forcing turnovers and you know, they can get out and make it attractive. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it just, they just present so many different looks with that length. And I think that dynamic has really helped Miami turn things around over the last couple of weeks. Do you think like how sustainable do you think their play is? Like, I know that they've been, because even against like good teams, like they, they throttled the Celtics outside of that one little run that we all, any any fan you knew that was gonna come yeah everybody dude it was as i'm watching it i was like this is too good to be true at some point this is gonna this is gonna fall like upside down i mean i think from a stylistic standpoint i think it's sustainable i mean they are they have slowed things down tremendously over the last couple of weeks um they're trying to grind things down and with their length and with their defensive intensity they've really been able to bother teams i think they're top five defense now right yes so, I mean, that, that's what a Miami Heat team is. And I know Leif is probably happy about <laughs> seeing Leif, Miami get yo, back Leif to the so 
<laughs> but um, I think that's sustainable. Justice can get downhill. Um, with him being able to get downhill and him actually knocking down mid-range jumpers, I think that's kind of put more pressure on defenses and that's opening up more catch-and-shoot opportunities. Um, Josh Richardson has been a little bit cold from three over the last few games, but I, I expect that to fully pick up. Um, but I, I mean, it's going to boil down to Miami shooting more than anything. They don't have a great cast of shooters. When they hit shots and they can limit possessions on the other end, they're going to be teams that even look better than they are just because of how much they can bother teams on defense. But if the shots don't fall, then they're going to be in trouble because they don't have enough creation to really um, overcome big deficits if they come. Miami, by the way, is um, is sixth in the league in defensive efficiency. Okay. So, right outside the top five, then. Um, so, there, but I'm sorry, number eight. Wow, the, the Lakers are better than they are? That's weird. That's actually that's actually stunning that the Lakers have a better defensive rating than Miami, although the Lakers have a worse net rating than Miami. Yeah, makes sense. Does it really? I mean, they miss LeBron. I mean, well, LeBron's been gone for five games, and like the entire world has crashed, and now their their point differentials like you know falling off a cliff. Like, really? I mean, when you lose to Cleveland, I feel like you deserve a, a drop anyway. <laughs> at home. Did you at home? Did you see Tristan Thompson cross over Lonzo Ball on the break? Yeah, like man, listen. That was the moment I decided I need to trade all the young kids for whatever superstar they can get. Yeah, like they that that's that's unacceptable. That's the moment. That was the moment. That was the moment. Magic decided that's it. Like that. That's like Miami has lost to Atlanta three times, so there isn't much room to oh talk. But like God. at least Atlanta plays quote unquote the right way. They no, get shot. Trey Young is good. Like there is no like there is no plan in Cleveland. There isn't much talent in Cleveland. Like, there's just not much of an. Kevin Love's not healthy. Kevin Love doesn't have a hand or a knee at this point. Thanks, Kelly. Like, (laughs) oh man. Well, yeah, there just there just isn't much of an excuse to lose. Kelly was an assassin that playoff run. He was. Yo, Kelly was a hitman. I want that Kelly. When can we get that Kelly? Playoff time, baby. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, man, let me tell you, he has been such a surprise for, for me. I, I was the loudest uh, criticizing that signing. I, I thought I, I wasn't even mad at the Dion and JJ signing. I was mad at the Kelly signing at the time. And I could not be more wrong. What he provides them offensively, and I, he competes defensively. He's not the best defender, but he's adequate. And that surprised me. Moving on to Kelly Olenek and his uh, smelly hippie contract. Olenek tees up the three. Come on. But I don't understand why you tether yourself to anyone for four years, much less Kelly Olenek. And it blocked by Olenek. In it today's NBA, that. a guy like that, he's just a guy. He's not special. He's just a guy. Olenek. And a foul. Kelly. Oh, my Olenek. <laughs> what asset? Kelly Olenek's an asset now? Olenek down the lane. Slammed it home. What a play by Olenek. You criticize the Kelly Olenek move because you care, because you're passionate, because you love the team. And because he's and- a smelly hippie. I, again, apologize to Kelly Olenek <laughs> for being mean. Poor Clay of WGP, WLGP, Evening News. Um, yeah, you know what? I'm really proud. I actually put that, that highlight reel together. That was the first highlight reel I ever put together for radio. That's pretty good, man. I did good. Let me tell you, I, that's Love Live Sunshine music from an anime. I really like it. Oh, that's see. the secret to the show. I sneak in anime music and everything. I'll take it back now. That's what you. That's what nobody knows. Just wait till the Wade mix with the Boogie Pop. OP. Oh, no. Yeah, you, y- y'all, y'all ain't know. Which, by the way, go out and vote for Dwayne Wade in the All-Star Game. Make it a hashtag Wade's weekend. We cannot have Kemba Walker happy in his hometown. We need to put D-Wade in the All-Star Game. Okay, he fans, so go vote. Make this movement possible. We have a video up at, at MIA Heat Beat on Twitter. Find that. Retweet it. Get the word out. It's cool. Dwayne's cool. Let's, let's give him. Are you guys going to deny a Dwayne to LeBron lob in the All-Star game for one last time? Are you really going like, to really sell out? I mean, come on, Heat fans. Like, even if you just pick him just to watch the damn draft, because, you know, like, they have to, like, pick players. Just watch LeBron have to take Wade over, like, 
I don't know, Kevin Durant. That's oh. going to be funny because he has to pick him first. Can't have two snakes on one team. Yikes. Ooh, give yourself the right. <laughs> Wait, I got one better. Why <laughs> <laughs> do you take so long? <laughs> I knew it was coming too. I mean, I like you should have it like ready, like a hotkey. Like, like you, you can't say, "Hold on, I got something better." Pause, five seconds, <laughs> boom, joke. <laughs> Especially because, like, some of the shipping container listens to the show at times. And I think that's just... what makes our show more unique. What that we steal blatantly well they used to steal not we we used too many people I'm not i mean they stole from prices right so if anyone's stealing it's them so it's just it, it's uh it's it's a waterfall of stealing literally the first youtube search of loser game show sound is the price is right it's iconic it's also the second you know like that um the whole the theme song that they were doing for their segments from the million million dollar pyramid yes that was also the second game show of theme music on YouTube. So they're not very creative out there. Did we just uncover that the Leverture show is just YouTubing music and using <laughs> it for the show? I thought we all knew this. I didn't know this. I, for one, feel lied to. I, I, I for sure, as hell, feel lied to. <laughs> I feel so lied to right now. Um, speaking of kind, of kind of speaking of all-star <laughs> stuff, Brian and his shitty sounds. Write that down, Brian. Can we curse? I don't even know anymore. Hey, it's Mark Hockman. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's the news? But that, that's, that qualifies. The news is Josh Richardson did not practice today due to tendonitis. And I got you that because I was on the scene at he practiced as Ira or Anthony Chang asked Eric Spolster that. I think it was Anthony. I don't remember. Wait, is, isn't Josh Richardson too young to have tendonitis? Huh? Isn't Josh yeah, Richardson too young to have tendonitis? Oh, buddy, you are never too young to have. You were never, yeah, yeah. Oh man, that's <laughs> um, but he, the Spoh said he would play tomorrow, but uh, he did not practice because that's of that. Good. Yeah, so you know, uh, speaking of Spo, have you guys seen the quote that he had after the Celtics game? No, you guys, not. You guys not hear like his uh, upset attitude after the Celtics one? Oh, yes, yeah. I kind of did. He doesn't feel like they're there yet, but I don't know what he thinks his team is. That kind of maybe that was a little curious. I thought it was something worth discussing. If you want me to read the quote, I can. Yes, please. So his quote was um, was after the game. He fifteen hours later, he basically went um, to I guess like they had open practice, and he said, "I'm not happy about where we are." He said repeatedly with his 2020 team reached the midpoint of the season Saturday. Uh, We're not happy about where we are. Yesterday was yesterday. It was a great competitive game on Thursday night. I want to see a different approach in our game. The thing is, it's not the top teams we worry about. It's the below 500 teams, the non-playoff teams we have an issue with. That was when Spo became hashtag one of us. And Barry Jackson tweeted that Spo is unhappy as ever as I see him a day after a win. He repeatedly said he's not happy with where team is at. He declined to specifically say why he's so irritated. But one player said that the staff is unhappy that they can play so great against good marquee teams and so poorly against the NBA's doormats. I mean, when you beat the Celtics and you beat the Bucks and you lose three times to the Atlanta Hawks, I can understand why that may be frustrating. Um, and Spo is just like that. Like, he's never going to be satisfied. That's one of his better traits. Like, he's going to push his guys. So I don't really mind it too much. I will say if Miami – plans on making a push for like a four seed or a five seed or whatever, they have to start knocking down these under 500 teams. Like you have to beat the teams you're supposed to. I mean, they beat the magic during this stretch. I mean, they beat their daddies. <laughs> now, I mean, the Hawks, definitely... now the Hawks are their daddies. Oh man. Freaking trade. Since, since, uh, since November 27th, which is about the time that they started to play a lot better. Miami is tied for seventh with most wins in that time span with 14. They're tied with Golden State, the Sixers, Portland, Utah. So a bunch of good teams. They're playing good basketball. Like, I, I, like they, they've – and of those, so in those 14 wins, they have eight losses, and I'm pretty sure two of them are to the Hawks. Which kind of <laughs> kind of makes the point. Jesus, man, you could have had six, you could, you could have been 16 and six during that stretch putting you tied with Indiana and Denver for the best record in that stretch. Indiana? Yeah, yo, Indiana, have you quiet? Didn't quiet Victor Oladipo out for like a month? 
he was. He's been back now. No, yeah, he's been back. And yeah, they still have that good of a record? Yes, Indiana's been fantastic, especially oh, defensively. Yeah, they, they have like a something we play on the guys, You know what's funny is that I know that they've been playing well, and I think they're the three seed right now. I don't trust them. Why do you not trust them? I wouldn't trust them against like even Philadelphia just to. I don't know. I think like guys like Sabonis and and especially like Depot is kind of easier to stop in the playoffs. Like you can you can probably gear a defense to kind of neuter that, and then I don't really know where they're gonna find points. And I do think on defense, they have a couple bigs that are a little exploitable. Um, and they're Indiana. But I don't know. Do you, like, do you – is that something that you trust going forward? Like, do you expect them – I mean, I'm pretty encouraged by what I've seen from Indiana. The fact that they survived while Depot was out and the fact that they're playing this well without Tyree Evans playing particularly well, that signing has been awful so far. Why did Miami to make that signing, remember? Yes. Like he, he just had an awful start to the season. I'm sure he'll pick it up at some point. But that, that signing has been mostly a bust. But they just play so hard every night. The defense is airtight. Depot can obviously get to where he wants to go wherever. Sabonis has made another leap. Miles Turner is now one of the better defensive bigs in the league now instead of just being one of those chicken with head cut off shot blockers. He's made a leap there. So um, I would not want to face Indiana in this playoff series. Like, if anybody else could dribble outside of Depot, they beat Cleveland last year. That, series that, that was kind of my thing with them. And Depot didn't even play well in that series, which is why, Nikias, to your point, I was reading today, it's like, you know, um, some, some, some of Warriors Twitter was talking about how, like, even at the end of the day, you know, a LeBron-led team is the second-best team in the West. And I was like, man, LeBron-led team almost lost to Victor Oladipo not playing well last year. Yeah, like, it took a LeBron game winner. Um, Depot literally getting trapped every time he touched the ball in the second Depot half. Depot did not play half. well. Like, yeah, he had, one, he had one and a half good games in that entire series, and that went down to the wire. So them adding another playmaker and just getting experience in general. Like, teams, people should be scared of – not maybe not scared, but they should be very, you know, watchful of Indiana. Like, they're easily better than Philly right now. I was going to say, would you, would you pick them in the playoff series? Would you, would you pick Indiana easily? I would – yeah, I would probably take Indian five. Five? I would take him in five. That's that's. What about? And I guess the West has kind of a similar thing going because you have Denver. Uh, you have, like would you? I'd probably pick Denver against LeBron, but I don't know how comfortable I'd be picking Denver against LeBron. Yeah, I feel like among the, like the top teams in the West that may face off against the Lakers in the first round, like Denver's probably the worst matchup, just because like they just don't have a wing stopper. Tory Craig is good. But their best defender is still going to be Paul Millsap. And Paul Millsap probably has PTSD defending LeBron at this point. So, yeah, I mean, it would become a shootout. And Denver's still a better team, so it wouldn't shock me if they won that series. But that would be tough. If Denver beat the Warriors, would you be stunned? If they beat the Warriors? Uh, I would definitely be surprised. Yes. I'm just not. But I- I'm saying I mean, stunned. I guess that would kind of what happens, happens, yes. Yeah, I I think, oh, go ahead. No, no, I was just I don't, I don't think it'll happen, but I just I think, think the hypothetical is funny. Oh, no, I don't think it would happen. Like, Paul Millsap defending LeBron is obviously not great, but at least in terms of, like, stature and stuff, it's somewhat similar. Like, they have absolutely no one to throw at Kevin Durant, and that's, that's an issue. And with Denver's aggressive defense, I mean, they can help aggressively off of Draymond like everyone else is, so there's a chance for them to maybe outscore Golden State for a couple of games, but they just don't have an answer for KD. And step is step. So I feel I like Denver West, might be a team that might make a trade at the deadline. I don't think it's too much sense for them not to. I mean, they're already number one seed. You might as well capitalize while they're, they're if I'm there. I might try to get Jimmy Butler. That would be actually that would make sense. They have the pieces to get it done. I probably wouldn't do that if I were them. I would look for something. I would look for. I mean, you can't get Justin Holiday now, but that kind of deal would be something I would look for. Maybe make a play at Baysmore. Just to try to get that a master. <laughs> there you go. But like you know, Isaiah Thomas hasn't played this year, and Monty like. Morris has been really good. So maybe try to flip it somewhere. If anyone will buy it, looking for a scoring punch off the bench, maybe. But I think I think they're going to need a little more than that to compete. Like if they, 
I don't know how they feel about their team. I mean, I, th- somebody's making the argument that they have the best young core in the league, which, I mean, everybody's under 25 on that team. So I don't think they have to go for the home run. Oh, no. Like I, said, I feel like they're just a wing short. I mean, um, they have like they do group. need a superstar. I would, if a superstar becomes available, I would buy. Well, Jokic is a superstar. I, I mean, how much that of a superstar dude, are you when you can fire. get? He should be top five MVP right now. But you can, but like how, and Nikai's could probably give voices. Like, how much of a superstar are you when you can get pick and roll out of any series that matters? I read that today that, on Twitter. And that's and just like, and that's just what he has to prove. Like, to be fair to him, he has been much improved defensively. And I think um, Denver going to more of a blitz type style has really helped him out, which seems kind of counterintuitive because he can't move. But he has really quick hands. He's he very fat. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he he still has the doughy look to him, but he's a very smart guy. He so he forces um <laughs> he just forces a lot of turnovers at the center spot. Hold on, the guy. He's a dad bod. No, he, the guy yeah. said a doughy look to him, and I want to ask: that's only reserved for white players, correct? Uh, I don't want to answer that. I don't know. That, that's <laughs> the first thing. That, <laughs> that's the first thing that came to mind. Like he he just has a doughy look to him. It was a funny. It was a funny description for him. that game winner he put up against Miami. Was so stupid. I got so mad. That was garbage. That that was complete garbage. Like Bam could not have defended that any better than he. Did. I felt bad for Bam, dude. I mean, he always feel bad. Like he's like, really, I did everything I could, and we still lost. And that, that's what superstars can do to you. They can just break your spirit. And that's exactly what he did. Like, that has to be especially frustrating because he's going to, like, three miles per hour from the three-point line. <laughs> and then he that's jumped generous. up That's generous. He doesn't touch anything but net. And it's like, oh, okay, well. You could do that. You could simulate that 20 times. Uh, 200 times. Probably goes in, like, eight. <laughs> exactly. But, I mean, that, that's just Jokic, man. He is... I don't know. I feel kind of vindicated because I'm a huge. Yeah, I know. He is fantastic. I feel vindicated. I'm Paul Millsap. I've been a Paul Millsap lifer, and I'm glad that he's playing for a team that's winning a lot of games again. How I'm many lifers are you for? Huh? How many lifers are you? Are you? Are you? I'm like a Raptors lifer. I'm a Paul Millsap lifer. I'm a Kyle Lowry lifer. I'm a Kent Bazemore Datmaster lifer. If the Heat got Kent Bazemore, I would go nuts, dude. I love Kent Bazemore so much. Um, so if the Heat end up trading like TJ for Bazemore, I'm gonna have to mute you. Oh my god, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a part. Honestly, like at this point in my life, like as a somebody who covers the league, like knowing that the Heat aren't gonna win a championship this year, um, I just want players I like, like that are fun, like you know, the Dat Master and stuff like that. DJJ is fun, and I love Jay Rich, Justice Better. Like I just wanna, I just wanna watch guys I like. I feel that. Can I shoot you a basketball question? Very Please. Who has been better to you over the last couple of weeks? Tyler Johnson or Deion Waiters? Oh, Tyler. Tyler's been awesome. I mean, Tyler's been not, uh, I mean, uh, Tyler has been, like, and, and I've mentioned this the other day on Twitter that the idea that they've been able to play like these bigger backcourts allows Fulster to kind of go three guards and they can hide a guy like Tyler. As long as Tyler competes defensively, which he always does, they can get away with that. And he's been the recipient of of a lot of open shots and he's been bearing them to his credit. And he's an active rebounder as well. Like, I think he's been awesome uh, the last few weeks. Like he's, he's a big part of why they're playing well. Yeah. Maybe it's just my echo chamber on Twitter, but there, there has just been a lot of please take Tyler out for Dion tweets. And I just oh, do not understand no. it at all. I, you know, I'm the opposite. I actually posted a tweet during the end of the Boston Celtics game saying it was right as soon as he fouled Marcus Smart for that three, which got me a little <laughs> close. And it got me nervous, but just seeing him do that, I was, I was already done with him for the year. <laughs> like, how, Dion's been fine. How do you foul Marcus Smart on a three? He's like the slowest would do it. guy. Would do it. A, but Dion doing it makes it even worse because they're practically the same player. No, they're not. Uh, I mean, same, same physique. Okay, well, that's fine. Doughy. Marcus Smart's hitting threes this year. Like, that, that is legit hilarious to me. That's just proof, man. Like, I, that game got me so mad. Wasn't he, like, one for eight or something? It was something ridiculous. And then he started hitting shots. Yeah, Dion wasn't much better. He was, like, four for 13. Dion has this weird thing where he gets to the rim with this beautiful move and then totally hits the back iron. It's what we in the business call the justice. Not anymore. <laughs> justice <laughs> right, right, because he's better. Yeah. There we go. No, but the justice I think was just had no touch. It would be like 
he'd be like that awkward kid kid at gym who would just like throw up shots and like nothing would ever roll in. Now he has touch. Dion, I have no idea what it is because everything looks like it'll go in and then it doesn't. I will say Justice has obviously improved his touch because he's making more stuff. But I think him actually having a plan when he goes to the room also helps. Like he's taking more shots in control. He's more, a lot more purposeful with, purposeful with his attempts at the room. You I think he read your he, launching pad column. You know what? That's a good idea. Hey guys, what the hell are they going to do when Goran's healthy? I mean, in a perfect world, they bring him off the bench, but that's we know not, that that's not happening. It, it's not. You just can't, right? Like you just you just can't look him in the face and say you're coming off the bench. Like Spo can't do that, right? Why not? I mean, he can't. I will say Goran is the kind of guy I think would accept that. Would like, Pop I mean, you do could it? take a back seat to if you could take a back seat to Luca, even though you know Luca's obviously better than anyone on our roster. But oh, like here, here's a good question. What happened with the Spurs when Tony Parker was hurt for a while and they had to start DeJounte Murray? They didn't just bring back Tony Parker in the starting lineup, did they? No. He came out the bench. I think that'd be kind of the same situation. They still give him a lot of minutes. Oh yeah. Like I said, I mean that's that's the best decision. Spo would do it. Now you got me thinking if they did it to Tony Parker, do you think Spo would do it? I mean, he should. There really isn't. I know he should. There isn't much of a reason for him not to. Who, whose playing time does he take? Dion's. I mean, you would. I want to say you would hope because Dion's been fine so far overall. But like, you would be TJ have, and Magruder probably have to lose a lot of minutes. So, I don't. So Magruder right. would probably have to shoot Spo's baby before he loses playing time. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I mean, into the basket, not literally shoot. <laughs> but like, I just don't see. Like, Rodney feels Teflon at this point. I'm not sure why. <laughs> he feels like he does. <laughs> do, you oh, remember, do you remember, like, I, I, this is, like, super old Heat discourse, but when, like, we used to do Beasley versus Haslam end-of-game debates. I don't know if you were yes. around. Yeah, this <laughs> and then, like, everyone was complaining how Teflon Udonis was. And, oh, you got to give the young guys a run. Yeah, Rodney has reached Udonis status, so you're saying he's Teflon? <laughs> I mean, that's what it feels like. I mean, for to his credit, it's not because of a lack of – I mean, he plays hard every night. He's kind of making shots again. Plays like a Miami Heat player. He he does play like a Miami Heat player, as cliche as that is. Lame. But, like, man, I'm I'm not going to fully agree with Alf because I feel like we, we've hashed that out. But I do think Rodney gets a little too long of a leash sometimes. And I do think the fact that Derrick Jones Jr. is actually shooting well and providing plus value on the defensive end, like, you have to play him over Rodney. Even if you don't just completely take his minutes, like, he deserves more playing time than Rodney at this point. I'm going to put you on the spot. All right. And I'm going to ask you what your dream, or if you if you got to make the decisions on starting lineups, who would your five be for this team? If I got to make the decisions. I, everyone's out here complaining about spotation this, spotation that. Like, you know, everybody has a thing to say. You know, nobody takes into account how good the bench has been. You know, you want to balance the team out. You want to put out a realistic, not their best five. Who do you think should be the guy starting? Um, I would go Justice at the one, Jay Rich at the two. I think at this point, I would go Derrick Jones Jr. at the three. Um, I would go with Kelly at the four, and I would stick with Hassan at the five because I think he still cleans the glass at a rate that Bam just doesn't yet, and I want Hassan kind of setting the tone. On the interior on both ends. Look at that. So I would go with that five. Shout out to you, big fella. Nikaias yeah. Duncan's staff of approval. That's huge. That's, a, that's, <laughs> the, high, that's the highest honor you can get. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> but no, I mean, for all the talk we have about Hassan, and as much as we've talked about him over the last couple of years, like he's still an elite rebounder. He's still an elite rim protector. And he's still a very good finisher at the rim. So, I mean, he still has value. And when you have a guy like Justice who can get downhill, when you have Josh Richardson who can space, Kelly Olenek can space, Derrick Jones Jr. is now hitting corner threes like that, you are opening up a runway for Hassan to do what he does best. Can we talk about the fact that we haven't talked about Hassan and I think that that's a good thing? I do think that's a good thing. Like, he isn't under the radar, and I think that that's where he has to be. Yeah, I feel like if Hassan is the topic of discussion, it typically means that he's done something to annoy the fan base. I mean, that's that's just kind of what it's been. I like his role now, though. Like, I think his role is like, this is what's good. Like, I like it. I like what we have. 
Yeah, like he's settling in. He's doing what he, he's doing what asked of him. He still has his times where he wants to take it coast to coast, and that works at like a thirty percent success rate or whatever. You know what, Nikias? If he does everything that he's told and he wants to take it coast to coast every once in a while, let him. I agree in a vacuum, but when the team is basically saying, okay, we're going to go into this game and we're going to limit possessions. We're going to maximize our possessions and limit the others. I don't want my seven-footer dribbling at 94 feet and throwing up a Euro step while getting four inches of elevation and throwing the ball off the side of the backboard. You got to throw Big fellow a bone, man. I mean, throw him a ball on a quick steal in transition, which is what has, should have been happening for like the last three years. Like, he'll beat his man down the floor and seal. When he actually does it, feed him. But I don't want him posting up 16 feet from the basket, and I don't want him taking the coast to coast. That's, that's just kind of where I'm at. Statistically, he's having a bit of a weird season. So career low in points since the 2014-15 season where he came in halfway. He's averaging almost 13 points a game. Uh, rebounds are, are down uh, up from last year, down from his, from his career high. But it's mostly just the free throws. Free throws have been horrendous. He's shooting about 45% from the free throw line. Um, I don't know what the hell happened. He was up to 70% last year on, on three and a half attempts, which was really, really good. I mean, that's, that's probably better than Dwayne this year. Uh, and field goal percentage is down too. He's at 52%. Uh, that's the lowest. I mean, he started off shooting 60% from the field every year and mm-hmm. it's been dropping precipitously ever since. Uh, I think the drop kind of comes down with him taking more shots in the floater ranges. Those are those awkward push shots, the four still pulls. He's been around the same range inside of three feet his entire heat career. So I don't really worry about him at the rim. It's just when he tries those floaters, those off-balance hook shots, those random turnaround fadeaways is really when he gets into trouble. Um, but the free throw thing, I feel like, if you're going to talk about a bad Hassan thing, I think that's what needs to come up first. Because he's kind of – he solved the screening thing. I haven't had an issue with him screening this year at all. And that was kind of my biggest thing for him. But the free throw thing doesn't really make sense. I think he's altered his routine a little bit. Uh, I can't remember which Twitter user pointed that out to me, but he has changed his routine slightly, and that's thrown him off some, I can tell. Um, he was jumping, then he wasn't jumping, and then before the shot he had a little thing he would do, and he just stopped doing it. Uh, I'm not sure if he's just in his own head about it, um, if there's some kind of, uh, I don't know, some kind of shoulder pain or anything. I don't want to speculate, but I don't know what it is that could cause him to change. Because he, again, he turned his free throw shooting around from when he first joined Miami and got to 70%. So I'm just not sure what would cause that big of a dip. I mean, it's, it's like you look at the basketball reference page and it's jarring. It's like he's like, okay, 650, he's going up, 70%. Okay, we made it. And then 447. You're like, oh, God. It's about what he was doing in Sacramento. It's weird. It's kind of like the like the Russell Westbrook thing. You kind of explained. He had a huge drop. But he doesn't. He legit doesn't do his free throw routine anymore. And I guess that breaking that habit has really just thrown him off at the line. What um, do you think of um, now that I have you here, and I know that we're gonna we're gonna end the show soon. But like, what what do you make of Westbrook's season? Because Paul George has probably been the better player this year. Yeah, it's been very weird for us because like he can't shoot at all. But he's always. Like, He's almost averaging a triple double again. He is averaging. He a is triple averaging triple double. Yeah, like yeah, he's comfortably averaging a triple double. He's gonna do it for three damn years in a row. He is. Like it's like this feels like the year we should be praising Russell Westbrook. He's making smarter decisions with the ball as a passer. He is play, not only playing defense more consistently. I he's mean, playing defense his turnovers. Well. His turnovers are about his career average. I feel like that's more him as a driver than as a passer. I would have to look that up and check out some more film on him. But I feel like he's been making better passes this year. Like, the defense has been what his reputation has been for the last three years unjustly. Like, he's actually defending at a high level this year. You um, know, Nikias, I Ooh, thought bomb. earlier bomb, in his bomb, career... Bomb. What happened, Brian? Woj bomb. What was the Woj bomb? The Dallas Mavericks are escalating discussions to find a trade for point guard Dennis Smith Jr., league sources tell ESPN. Phoenix oh. and Orlando have engaged in ongoing talks with the Mavs. Smith Jr. has set out three straight games with what team has termed a sore back. Ooh, that's interesting. I don't know how I feel about that. What did he do? That makes sense He's... for Orlando. I mean, I understand completely why Orlando or someone else would trade for him. I don't understand the rush for Dallas to trade him. 
though. The deadline's in next month. No, but I mean, he's on the second year of a rookie deal. Like, they don't really have to trade him. I mean, I get they want to maximize Luka. But I feel like, I mean, there's a fit there with Dennis Smith Jr. kind of penetrating defenses and kicking it out. Um, he's defending what better that than he be like? That's what I don't know. That's what's kind of gotten confused. Like, Orlando obviously needs a point guard, but I'm not sure what they give up that Dallas likes unless they're giving up on like Jonathan Isaac early, and Orlando absolutely shouldn't do that. What if that's Aaron Gordon? Ah, uh, that's I don't like that. For I them. can see Aaron Gordon in the Mavs uniform, yeah, because Orlando and the Mavs have like the same damn jersey. <laughs> that's well, a good what, what about Vucevic? Contract uh, year, contract year, Vooch. If Dennis Smith Jr. nets Dallas Vucevic. Contract, contract year Vooch, Nikias, there's a difference. I mean, he has legit gotten better every year. I don't want to sell him He's short. legit contract year Vooch. We're I not mean, getting he, this Vooch next year. It's contract year Vooch. Vooch Are we sure, though? And, I'm and, sure. I'm comfortable saying I'm sure. And Donkic? Nikias, Nikias, you're smart. How many? Like, we cannot. There comes a point that you learn not to fall for the contract year guy. I'm not falling for the contract here, guy. He's been, I mean, he's I can see that with a guy like Trevor Ariza, who is like mostly average to slightly above average, and then in a contract year becomes like a superstar role player. But like, was Dwayne Wade for half a season. I saw that with my own eyes. I mean, there you go. I saw him throttle Golden State by himself. Never falling for that again. You know what? That, that's fair. That's fair. I wouldn't want to be Dion either. But, like, I don't think that's Vooch, though. Like, Vooch has legit always been I've, a good I've always thought he was good. I just think there's some questions defensively and stuff like that. But, yeah. But, I mean, even then, he's been better on that end. He has been. But, he's again, he's shooting 38% from three to season. Nikaias, I think it's fair to question contract year effort on defense. I think that's fair. But, like, effort's never been Vooch's problem, though. That's kind of my thing. Okay. Like, the fact that he's. I mean, he's obviously trying, but, like, he's gotten better on defense. He's still not very good, but he has gotten better. He's turned a lot of those long twos that he took earlier in his career into threes, and he's now one of the best stretch fives in the league. You combine that with the postgame he's always had. Like, there's a he's a legit weapon. So I don't know how much of that is, like, fake. He's, he's, I did. I cheered if I'm Dallas. Yeah, of course you do it if you're Dallas. Well, you Orlando. Well, I, mean, I guess Orlando can't really keep him, right? I mean, they have Bobamba, and I don't think they're going to pay Vooch at 28 years old. Uh, yeah. I mean, Bamba hasn't been great yet. So I think they're bringing him along a lot slower than I anticipated, but it makes sense. But Bamba definitely needs Is to Is Bamba the BAM version of Orlando? Uh, he's not nearly that good yet. No, but I mean, like, as far but as... I mean, like, in, in the, yeah, yeah, I got you. Hey guys, we're running out of show, but I do want to ask you, what do you think, uh, seeing how BAM's played this year, what do you think is a reasonable trajectory for him? Uh, in terms of number, role, or how, how are we talking? Um, just like, I guess, maybe a player comp and what, what, could, what should fans expect you know, in a couple of years, a projection of what he might be. Uh, I honestly feel like that's going to depend on the rest of the roster a little bit. I mean, Hassan's probably like, not going to be here once his contract's up. Oh, yeah. If they do finally turn the reins over to Bam, like, I want to see him used more like Kelly Olenek in those dribble handoff sets. Like, I still want him to get more on-ball reps. Um, I still have a little bit of questions about him as a finisher when he's not dunking, though he has looked a little bit better as of late. Um, but just in a vacuum, he's going to be a multi-positional defender that can protect the rim, that can handle a little bit, plus passer, very good screener, very good pick-and-roll threat. Um... I'm just not sure what his comp is because I feel like they're kind of shoehorning him a little bit offensively. I kind of want him to pass more from the elbow. Yeah, like I want to, like in theory, he could be. I think there isn't anything that Pascal Siakam can do that Bam can't. Listen, don't play with me, dude. I love Siakam. Like, I, I also do. Like, I tweeted that earlier this year. I was like, it's frustrating to watch Pascal Siakam taking the ball coast to coast and like Bam is. Not even looking at he's the basket. He's chained, Nikaias. He's chained. <laughs> they won't release the beast until they're ready. It's a playoff. They might release him in the playoffs. Pat's going to unleash him. Pat was at practice today, which I still think is badass. Pat Riley sitting through heat practice watching you. He's just there in his little table watching. I just imagine <laughs> Pat like putting his arm up, like, release, bam, and Bam's going coast to coast on 
whatever the Boston, whatever poor team gets suckered into playing. <laughs> it's so odd because, like, I mean, it's summer league, but like, you see the outline of a guy that can average seven free throws a night just by attacking slower bigs off the That's group. a lot, like, guys. He can do it. I 100% believe he can do it. If he takes it coast to coast, like, he has so many one on one opportunities that he passes up on. I feel like he's a guy that can get to the line. They tell really him to pass those up, right? Like, that's not his decision. That's a, that's a coaching staff decision. I feel like that's mostly a coaching decision, but sometimes you also have to, you have to take the bull by the horn sometimes. I like, like Dion. <laughs> like, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, if Dion yeah. can throw up <laughs> contested shots whenever he wants to, like, Bam should be okay saying, hey, maybe I can beat Mark Gasol off the dribble from 35 feet out. Yo, when Dion goes into the huddle, you ain't the boss of me, points at <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, the boss of me. <laughs> but yeah, so I guess if we're looking for like a quick player composite, player comparison, no, I, think Pascal, I think Pascal would be the closest thing to a guy that can defend four to five spots. Um, serious rim runner, transition threat, a guy that can handle the ball, beat slower bigs off the dribble. But like obviously, Pascal is a more willing and a better shooter at this point. Yeah. But I mean, Bam has at least flashed the form. He's a good free throw shooter. So I mean, there's hope that he could become at least a. Uh, Somewhat decent corner shooter, at least. And if he Big does average. That, That's all we need. Yeah. Speaking of Siakam, um, and I know uh, our friend, our buddy Wes at Locked On, he tweeted this out earlier. He said he was officially throwing Justice Winslow into the most improved player uh, hat. Uh, citing, and obviously uh, DeAndre Fox and Siakam are probably the two two uh, people heading that that category. If DeAndre Justice- who? DeAndre De- That's Fox? not a name of a player in Yemi. <laughs> who's the guy? I'm going to let it slide. Who's the guy in Sacramento? No, you can never. The guy is CP. You'd never let it slide. See, I, I was being nice this time. What's the dude in Sacramento Fox? What's his first name? De'Aaron. De'Aaron Fox. I knew that. D-A-A-Ron Fox. D-A-A-Ron. <laughs> Shout out to Key and Peele. Um, yeah, I guess it's I guess it's him, right? He's he's the favorite. Is if justice can if justice continues what he's doing now until the end of the season, does justice have a chance? No. Uh, yeah, Buddy I think Heald's he, out there too. Oh, Ooh. Buddy's been really good. Buddy Heald, also in Sacramento. But justice better than Buddy Heald. Get get out of here, with Buddy Heald. Look at his uh, his numbers. I mean, I mean, he's averaging like twenty, shooting like forty five percent from three. Like, oh, no, I'm good volume too. Yeah, like Buddy's been very good. Um, but yeah, De'Aaron Fox between De'Aaron Fox and Pascal Siakam, like I think one Jesus, of those. Buddy Healed, my God. You know what's funny? I thought Buddy Healed was white. Hey everybody, Seth Levitt and OJ McDuffie of the Fish Tank here, but we're not diving in with a great story right now. Instead, we want to tell you about an incredibly fun upcoming charity event benefiting the Jason Taylor Foundation. That's right, Big Seth. Wiffle Blast. Man, I can't wait. I know you're fired up, Juice. The third annual Wiffle Blast presented by Funky Buddha Brewery and Sports Chiropractic and Natural Health Solutions will take place on Saturday, January 19th at Pine Trails Park in Parkland. Man, you guys do a great job with this event. I played last year with my son and a couple friends, and we really had a blast from the competition to the home run derby to the kids zone it was just a perfect day from start to finish do i still have time to get my team in yeah we got you juice we still have room for a few more teams as well and since the five reasons sports network is a media partner for the event the foundation is offering 100 dollars off the cost of a team if you use they the have code. a team yeah they have a team ethan and those guys i mean there's some studs on that i can't roster. wait to play them we'll put you guys in the same division All right, that's what's up so we're gonna put five reasons and juice in the same division and if you sign up now you can be in that division as well and get a hundred dollars off the cost of a team if you use the code five reasons that's the number five reasons and the best part of it all oj is that your donation will help support children battling cancer as well as pediatric emergencies yeah you know that's what matters most absolutely it is for more information visit jasontaylorfoundation.org or call 954-424-0799 ethan get that arm warmed up hey this is Parrish from the light skin opinions podcast and if you haven't been listening to our show, you've been missing stuff like this. Better, uh, better super light skin or white buddy on your team. Tyler Johnson, right? Or 
the little dude who played backup point guard for, for the Sixers. <laughs> What's his name? Uh, McConnell? Yes. Nah, I, I, I'll McConnell. go with Tyler Johnson. Yeah, he's in, yeah, yeah. John, I got I'm taking you. McConnell. Really? Hell yeah, McConnell's nah. strong, dog. And he look he look like one of them all right dudes. He look like it, but he's strong. He don't yeah, turn maybe. the ball over. I don't like Johnson, but I don't really like McConnell either. But you put the ball in McConnell's hands. He comes off the bench for Philly, and he handles their whole team when he's in the game. Like it runs through him. He's the he's the legit. I can't PG. rock with that haircut, man. Oh, y'all some haters on the on, even on though the TJ, even though TJ got some fucked up haircuts too. TJ got bad teeth and everything. He look like yeah, a, he look like an Amish. Hoodlum. I'm going to change my vote. I'm going McConnell. Yeah, let's go McConnell. Hey. Join me, Alf, and Chris every week on the Light Skinned Opinions Podcast, only on the Five Reasons Sports Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.